Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert, our strange and beautiful North American desert. And we have begun our third year of broadcast and podcast from the little Mojave town of Joshua Tree. So whether you're new to the program or have been with us since the beginning, thank you for joining us on this cool desert night. Due to the chaos in our national parks, chaos which is not the fault of the good people who work for the parks and the national monuments and the preserves, our rangers and educators and park archaeologists and maintenance crews and all the many biologists and botanists and other scientifically qualified employees and contractors who do so much important work on our public lands... Well, due to the chaos, a lot of people have been asking Desert Oracle whether they should or should not visit Joshua Tree and other beloved natural treasures of the American West during this idiotic and pointless wreckage of the former world superpowers government. If this shutdown of the federal government drags on, you will enjoy your desert road trip a little bit more if you skip Joshua Tree National Park and all such national park lands during this hopefully temporary nightmare. A holiday or vacation or wilderness adventure should not be a source of sorrow, should not be a source of stress from having to pick through the garbage world of political news to find out if you can go take a walk around the boulders and cactus. It is one of the corrosive evils of our current situation that everything has to get dragged into the filth bubbling out of the Oval Office that burst and broken septic tanks spraying sewage from coast to coast. Going to the desert wilderness, whether you're Moses or Georgia O'Keefe or a brain-fried office worker should be a respite from civilization, even if that civilization is crumbling right before our eyes. Let it crumble in the rearview mirror. At least during a road trip. And beyond all that. Beyond the wounded psychic condition of humanity. There's the issue of the parks themselves. The National Park was open, and then the campgrounds were closed after being trashed by immense holiday crowds, and then the whole park was shutting down, and then maybe it was not again, and to look at the news regarding the National Parks is to be confronted with an ever-changing and contradictory series of bulletins and alerts varying state by state and park by park and now the crime lords in charge of the national park system back east have muzzled the local park superintendents 
so that they cannot even answer a question from their neighbors without running it through the corruption department back in D.C., where queries are only answered when attached to a substantial cash bribe. Even once the parks and campgrounds officially reopen one way or another, maybe after the Civil War, it will be another several weeks or months before things are somewhat back to normal. Furloughed rangers and the maintenance workers have to figure out what was wrecked, what must be fixed, what cannot be fixed, what kind of long-lasting damage to flora and fauna and landscapes occurred. And you can bet that everybody's going to be weary and annoyed and worn out. Not least because nobody has gotten paid since last year. While mortgage payments and rent and the grocery store and the cell phone company and the health care premiums continue to require and demand prompt payment. So tonight, let's talk about some of the many wonderful non-national park places you can visit in that most wonderful time of year, the desert in wintertime, after the mad rush of the Christmas holidays and long before the busy Instagram season of spring. If the Mojave is your goal, as it is for so many travelers... It is not a contradiction to point you towards Mojave Trails National Monument. This is one of the newer national monuments, one of the three desert monuments that the current administration and its gang of felons and felons-to-be have already tried to take away from America, from California. So far without success... Due to an absolutely incredible level of incompetence and stupidity that continues to get in the way of a crime spree. They are forever pulling the trigger before they draw the gun, resulting in the usual self-shot to the groin. And before we get to the cleansing sun and the wind and the quiet of the desert wilderness... Let us say a fond good riddance to Ryan Zinke, the potato head grifter who slipped away from running the U.S. Department of the Interior over the holidays, and the usual dumb belief that quitting this government will make the many criminal investigations go away. And until his second-in-command... A toad from the poison industry joins him in the dungeon, the great dungeon being constructed beneath Yucca Mountain by furloughed federal laborers who received a glorious vision sent by the great deities of the desert. We must remain vigilant, of course. And now back to our educational programming. Other places to go, other places to go during the collapse. Other places to go anytime, especially when it's cool enough to hike Amboy Crater, cool enough to hop out of the car wherever you are and take a stroll amongst the creosote and cactus. The reason why Mojave Trails National Monument is a good place to travel during the shutdown chaos is because it surrounds the Mother Road, Historic Route 66. There is no entrance station. 
No ticket booth. No visitor center. No campgrounds that can be closed. It's the kind of desert country best seen through a windshield, and if you can get yourself a hybrid or an electric vehicle, which is becoming ever easier to do, you can do this without the carbon guilt. The carbon guilt that apparently only troubles a slight majority of humanity. There is exactly one full-time Department of the Interior employee assigned to Mojave Trails, so the federal shutdown is not going to affect your visit one way or another. Law enforcement is still out, though, whether California Highway Patrol or County Sheriff's Deputies or Bureau of Land Management and National Park Service Police. So if you need the threat of arrest to keep you acting like a decent human being, keep it in mind. Otherwise, go out and enjoy it. Hundreds of miles of two-lane blacktop and passable dirt roads and mountain trails and vistas of heartbreaking beauty await you. Stop at Roy's in Amboy and get a Coke or something. That's about all they have. Maybe they'll let you use the porta potty. Mojave Trails connects the Joshua Tree Wilderness to the Wilderness of Mojave National Preserve, and that connects to Death Valley, and it all makes up the second largest desert preserve on the planet Earth the biggest desert preserve you'll find outside of Namibia on the southwest end of Africa. Now, ghost towns dot this mother road with picturesque crumbling gas stations and weird abandoned mobile homes covered with graffiti images of space monsters and spectral demons, which might be the same thing. The road is lonesome like it ought to be. Because all the truck traffic and the Vegas traffic is on the interstates. Avoid the interstates. They were made to transport tanks and toilets and other products of our time from point A to point B. Use only when necessary. You won't find much in the way of traveler services through Mojave Trails. If you start on the Newberry Springs side, just off the dual interstates in Barstow, you might wonder why there are a lot of French tourists and German Harley riders hanging around a rundown little diner called the Baghdad Cafe. Well, back in the 1980s, the age of moody European movies like Paris, Texas, there was a German-made movie called Baghdad Cafe, and it was filmed here. I can recommend neither the movie nor the diner, but you'll stop there if it matters to you, if you're French, I mean. As for the actual Mojave Desert town of Baghdad, keep driving about an hour towards Amboy. You won't really know when you're there unless you put the location into your car's navigation system because there's nothing really left of it. What remained of the once busy little village on the railroad and the highway was razed to the ground in 1991. We like to tell you that this radio program can be heard from Amboy to Zizix, which is true on Friday nights 
because I have tested it myself to make sure the signal is appropriately scratchy and weird. But what you might not know is that the water stops and dusty little towns along the old Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe Railway through the California desert date back to the 1880s. And they were named to go along with your ABCs. Amboy is there in the middle and was settled before the railroad. Baghdad was placed several miles to the west and Cadiz a few miles to the east. And then there's Danby. Next is Essex by the Caltrans Maintenance Station. And if you've got the time and hopefully told somebody where you're headed, you might want to turn left on Essex Road at this point because... I don't want to spoil it, but eventually you'll be right up against the Providence Mountains. Providence shall lead you there. Besides, last time I was up there... Not very long ago, too long really, Route 66 did not go all the way through due to some flooding damage that seems to get worse every time it rains, which it does now and then. But you're not in a hurry. And by the looks of that road closed sign, with the ample evidence of people driving around it, there is no harm in continuing as long as you care to go, as long as you can go and then doubling back, or better yet, getting through on Essex Road. You wanted an adventure, didn't you? fact about those who visit Joshua Tree is the way they'll drive maybe a quarter mile down a graded dirt road off the pavement and park their rental car, usually in the middle of the dirt road that people do in fact use as a road, and then they get out and walk maybe ten yards away. And then they drag themselves up on a very low boulder, maybe three, four feet tall, and they sort of sprawl themselves around this little boulder like the meerkats down at the Living Desert Zoo. And from this meager vantage point, they all look at the paved road a quarter mile away, watching the traffic come in and out of the national park. It is the most baffling thing. I do think that people driving out from the great Los Angeles megalopolis must always be able to see and hear a steady stream of automobile traffic. During the holidays, I was walking that way, walking with the dog up to the mountains. And one of these human meerkats sunning itself on the little boulder called out to me, Hey, hey, hey. So eventually I sort of halfway glanced back and the meerkat said, Watch out, we saw some coyotes. It's a nature preserve. You would hope to see some wildlife. Although the only thing you're going to see 10 yards from the car is a coyote, just like in Los Angeles. Or Chicago. All right, let's get back to the map here. I've got this 1983 AAA map of the California desert here. It looks pretty good. It's somewhat stained with coffee rings and salsa drops. But 
things don't really change too much out here. After Essex comes Fenner, and what's left of that is on the I-40, which will take you to Needles if you like. Needles has whatever you need in terms of roadside services and taco huts and all that. Speaking of needles, the late poet and performer Leonard Cohen invented a cocktail called the Red Needles. While he was briefly stationed in needles back in the broiling summer of 1975, and during the recording of his prophetic album The Future in 1992, he reportedly served up enough Red Needles cocktails to get the band and the studio crew into a special place, spiritually speaking. The recipe, according to the Leonard Cohen files, calls for tequila, cranberry juice, and ice, with lemon and or exotic fruits for the healthful garnish. There's a picture of Leonard on the internet making up a round of red needles in his kitchen in Fairfax. He uses what looks like cordial glasses with the ice and fruit and the tequila measured first, and then topped with ocean spray or whatever you got from the supermarket. Apparently, the sweet and tart flavor of the cranberry cocktail blend makes the iced tequila go down especially easy. The next town on this alphabetical journey is Goff's, and Goff's is a place where you want to stop and spend a little time. It is the home of the beautifully restored Goff Schoolhouse in the Mojave Desert Archives, the great project of Mojave historian and advocate Dennis K. Spear. The museum and the archives are usually open weekends and Mondays from mid-October to late June, but you might as well call first to find out at 760-733-4482. But even if the buildings are closed, you can walk around, look at the handsome railroad stop and take some pictures and maybe leave some dollars in the till. That was 30-odd years ago when I made the acquaintance of Dennis K. Spear. And he is perhaps the greatest source of knowledge about the East Mojave and his staff and volunteers at the Mojave Desert Heritage and Cultural Association know nearly as much. Plus, I've got all his papers. Now, after Goff's comes Homer, a literal dot on the map. And now you're going down to the Colorado River, and it's H-I-J, and K is for Kingman. Kingman, Arizona... Kingman, Arizona, named for and by Lewis Kingman, surveyor and chief engineer for the railroad back in 1883 when he created these alphabetical towns. He stayed there in Arizona for some time, developing the town around the railroad stop that he named. In all my work in Arizona, Kingman later wrote, I enjoyed every detail. It was hard and strenuous, but I liked it. And the solitude of the large country was no hardship to me. 
I was part of creation and I had no reason to think that it was anything but good. I tried to adapt myself to circumstances surrounding me and made the best of them. It was a part of my education and experience in the locating, construction, and building of a railroad. As for Zizek's, that's not part of Lewis Kingman's ABC Railroad Stops. But it is part of our A to Z broadcast range, the little resort at Zizek Springs built by Doc Springer, the snake oil salesman and radio preacher, that particular place is located south of I-15 on the western boundary of Mojave Preserve. Well, we used up most of the allotted time on the Mother Road and surrounding lands, but ever so briefly, here is some less crowded and less federally affected desert parks and public lands you might enjoy while the government is collapsing. Anza Borrego Desert State Park. This is a state park, California zone, south of Palm Springs, east of San Diego, and really a world away. This is the low desert, very hot in summer, but just right in the wintertime. Get a place to stay in Borrego Springs or camp at the very beautiful and fully functioning campgrounds. Hike up to a palm oasis or three. Get a steak and martini at Carly's Place and introduce yourself to the wild Acatillo Gardens and the sinister badlands of this vast desert preserve. Then there's Saddleback Butte, another desert state park, this one little known and little visited, in the western Mojave between Antelope Valley and Victorville. There are signs around warning you to keep dogs and children close at hand because of the many hungry mountain lions. Side by side on the western edge of Lancaster, there is Arthur B. Ripley Desert Woodland State Park and the Desert Pines Wildlife Sanctuary. Just beautiful, prime examples of the Joshua Tree Woodland environment dense yucca trees and juniper, some of the only such landscape that was preserved and protected in the ever-growing Antelope Valley part of Los Angeles County. I was walking through this desert woodland several years back and I saw a mummified mouse that had fallen during its attempt to eat the fruit of a yucca plant and had landed on one of the spikes, perfectly preserved in this arid environment. And then just beyond California City on Highway 14, Red Rock Canyon State Park. You've probably driven through the middle of it if you've ever taken that road up to the Eastern Sierra. It is worth a stop. There is lots to see. Get off the road, get out of the car and walk those trails. Take in those sights. Camping is available.
Babylon is fallen. This is an oracle concerning the desert by the sea. Like whirlwinds sweeping through the Negev, an invader comes from the desert. From a land of terror, a dire vision is declared to me. The traitor still betrays and the destroyer still destroys. Isaiah 21 January 31, a Thursday night, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Ace Hotel in Palm Springs. Come join us around the campfire outside for Desert Oracle Campfire Stories. It was very nice out for our last edition, just two nights after Christmas. A crisp and cold desert night. We are going to be doing some campfire story nights in other places, too, and maybe we will come to your part of the desert. Write us if you want. The address is P.O. Box 1735 in Joshua Tree. Or if you must, you can send an email. The address is radio at desertoracle.com. Well, you have been listening to Desert Oracle Radio, broadcasting from Joshua Tree, California, Fridays at 10 p.m. across the Mojave on KCDZ 107.7 FM from Amboy Des Isaacs. Available everywhere as a podcast and distributed around the world by public radio exchange PRX. Our theme music is by Pierre Langer. And if you like our musical soundscapes heard throughout the program, you can thank Red, Blue, Black, Silver here in Joshua Tree for those compositions. I sure like them. Makes me feel like I'm out in the middle of the desert. Which I am. And I am your host, Ken Lane. Thank you for listening and good night from the voice of the desert.